1: Do you ever think you don't fit in? Do you think no one else could possibly understand what you're going through? Do you ever feel completely alone? If any of those things sound true, today's episode is for you. I'm talking to singer-songwriter Grace Gostad. Grace was bullied in school, and she felt completely alone. But she turned to music and found that listening to music and eventually creating her own helped her feel better. Now she creates music that reflects the struggles she's gone through. And she's even created a website dedicated to helping young people who also feel alone. Grace is only 20, but as you'll hear, she's wise beyond her years. In this episode, she opens up about some of the struggles she endured, what she learned from her pain, and what she's doing now to take care of her mental health. Make sure to stick around until the end of the episode for The Therapist Take. It's the part of the show where I'll break down Grace's mental strength-building strategies and share how you can apply them to your own life. So here's Grace Gostad on what you can do when you feel completely alone. Grace Gostad, welcome to the Very Well Mind podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to talk to you about mental health. I know that you have come out to talk quite a a bit about your mental health journey, and you've done a lot of things to help other people. What made you decide to start making your story public?
0: Um, You know, I struggled really badly when I was a kid um dating all the way back to when i was 5 years old um that was the first time i ever saw a therapist because my social anxiety was severe um i had a really hard time going to school um i would cry almost every morning um i didn't want to leave my mom it was really hard for me um and so that was my first experience really struggling with anxiety um then by the time i was about 12 um i was diagnosed with depression um, and those are two really young ages to have those two pretty big, uh, you know, uh, things go on in your life. And by the time I was in high school, um, I went through a lot of really severe bullying, um, which definitely, um, increased, um, and exacerbated the anxiety and the depression already. Um, and I think mental health, you know, there's such a stigma around it, which I can't stand. So um, you know, as an artist, it's my goal to do as much as I can to share my own story and show other people that there are so many individuals who are going through the exact same things. But if we don't talk about it, there's no way to know just how many people are in your exact same situation. Um, but it's a cause I'm very passionate about just because I have struggled so severely with it in the past and, and still to this day, I'm in a much better place now, you know, with the right therapy and doctors and medication and things like that. Um, but you know, it's, it's a really hard thing to deal with. Um, and I just hope that I can sort of erase the stigma and make it a more comfortable topic for everyone to talk about.
1: Well, I'm grateful that you're doing this. How did the adults in your life know to get you help? So many of us, I think who struggled as kids, I was right there with you. I was anxious and cried before school every day. But my parents, I think, sort of thought, oh, you'll I'll grow it. And I grew up to become a therapist. But they never took me to therapy as a kid. What, how did the adults in your life know that therapy was an option? We didn't really talk about it as much a few years ago. Yeah, I think,
0: you know, um, my mom has also struggled with a lot of anxiety in her life. So I think she recognized um, the early sort of symptoms in me. Um, you know, a lot of people in my family just also struggle with it in general, so I think sometimes those things can be a bit genetic. Um and I think my mom just sort of saw those certain signs and was like, "Okay, wow, you know, Grace might be having a really hard time and and let's try to get her some help."
1: And have you always been open about it with the people in your life or was it after you became a star that you started talking more about <laughs> it publicly? Um I've been
0: open about it to an extent with close friends and family. Um, It was much harder in school, um, especially when I was getting bullied quite a bit. I was pretty quiet. Um, I tried to stay out of trouble. It was like my goal to just be sort of as invisible as possible to sort of take the target off of my back. Um, But I really found a lot of strength in my music to be able to talk about really um, hard things, but in a beautiful artistic way. So when you take something like depression or anxiety or body dysmorphia or any of these topics that I spoke about in Black Box and you make it a song, you, you've you turned it into a digestible piece of art that people can consume um, without it feeling overly heavy. Um, so I love music as a tool to sort of talk about important things without, um, you know, stressing anybody out or making them uncomfortable. It's like an easy, an easy way to communicate a message.
1: And at Very Well Mind, we did this study on the pandemic and how so many people used music to cope. And they said that they found it really helped them when they felt lonely, when they felt sad. Sometimes people used it as a way to reinforce whatever mood they were in. If they were sad, they wanted to listen to sad music. But at other times, people said, when I was anxious, I listened to something happy and it shifted my mood. So clearly we know it's a tool that a lot of people love to use to cope with uncomfortable emotions. But interestingly, we also know that a lot of people in the music industry struggle with mental health problems, uh, as do many of the listeners. But what do you find about music that makes it so helpful to those of us who are struggling? I think that, you know, I can think back to when I was a child and
0: uh, Lady Gaga's Born This Way came out. And for a kid who felt very different, like I didn't fit in, I had no place to belong. um, Her music and her fan base gave me a place to feel safe. Um, and so I think often, um, we find sort of solitude and, and peace within music. Um, you know, it gives us a place to sort of express our emotions. Um, it gives us a place to be vulnerable. Um, and then I think for the artist, it's almost like this outlet. Um, I always say that like creating music is almost like a free therapy session because you get to sort of unload all of your emotions and, you know, turn it into something, um, that people can listen to and and relate to. So I think it's overall just a great tool, um, especially when you have to talk about such important topics and and heavy ones as well.
1: What role do you find loneliness plays into mental health issues? A really big one. Um,
0: I think that a lot of people um, are lonely. Um, I think the last two or three years, you know, everything that's gone on with the pandemic, um, I think people feel more alone than ever. Um, I know that I certainly did, um, you know, I think sort of what I, um, try to do at least with my music is show people just how many others are going through the exact same thing. So for example, you know, I put out, um, a song called red on my album, black box, and I got probably a thousand messages that day telling me, you know, how red was this anthem, how it's going to help them, you know, come out to their parents, um, how they feel less, uh, you know, insecure about their sexuality now. And within that, I was like trying to show people like, look how many people are listening to the song and going through the exact same thing. You know, like it's easy to feel alone, but if you actually kind of look at what you're going through, the odds are that if you're going through it, there's, thousands and thousands of other people who are going through the exact same thing. You just have to sort of find that community. Um, and I think, you know, music and fan bases are a really good place to sort of find that, um, that space where you can, you know, and people who are, um,
1: in your same situation. I think so too. So as a therapist, I would see people, who would come into my office and they'd think, I'm the only person in the world who feels like this. Well, I can't tell them the person who you just saw in the waiting room said nearly the same thing. They're struggling with very similar issues, yet they don't know because we often don't call our friends and family and tell them exactly what we're going through. We often want to say, no, I'm doing well, or we feel too isolated, or maybe you don't have anybody supportive in your life. So I love that idea of having a fan base of people who can say, gee, I relate to this song and here's why, and Mm -hmm. to realize that so many other people relate to it too.
0: Yeah, no, it's for sure it's uh it's a very cool tool to kind of be able to connect people on like a global um scale through a tool like music. Uh definitely I feel super blessed to be able to do it every day.
1: Can you talk a little bit about the Blackbox project?
0: So blackboxproject.org is um a sector of Blackbox that is kind of our nonprofit sector. Um we paired up with therapist Jazz Robbins who sort of did all these incredible videos um, based on all the topics discussed in Black Box. If you go to the website, um, you can find, you know, uh, Jazz talking about self-love and body dysmorphia and trauma um, therapy, all these different things that are, you know, can often feel very overwhelming and very heavy. And she sort of, in these like little five, six minute videos, she breaks it down and she makes it simple for you. And she, you know, it's almost like a free resource. I wish I had something like that when I was in high school because I think it would have been um, super helpful. So my goal with blackboxproject.org was really to give, um, you know, people, especially teens, a place to go where they could feel like they could find proper information, um, find proper resources through some of our partnerships that we have with teen line and then also, um, the born this way foundation. So we offered those resources as well. Um, and you know, ultimately I think, um, my idea for blackboxproject.org really stemmed from the fact that I think it would have been incredibly helpful for me when I was younger and I would have loved to use it. So the best thing that I could do was, you know, make it available to the next generation. And it's free, right? Yes, totally free. You can just literally log on. Um, All of Jazz's videos are there. All the resources are there. All of my music is also on the site and everything like that. So yeah, it's a a really cool platform. That's amazing. What kind of a response have you gotten since you started it? I mean, the response has been so positive. Um, So many people have been um, just incredibly grateful um, for the information being out there. I think sometimes it's really hard to find the right information, to find the right space to go, to know, you know, who to call, who to talk to, things like that. Um, So I think the response has just been, you know, that uh, people are grateful that um, with this project, I chose to do um, sort of just a a give back sector. And I think that I'll always be an artist like that. If I can do something that's going to make, you know, anyone else's life a little bit easier, um, I'll always do that.
1: And way to turn what happened to you, the pain, the struggles that you went through into something positive to help other people. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what you got to do. Like if
0: you, if you've gone through something hard, um, my mom always says the only way out is through, you kind of just have to power through it. And, you know, once you're on the other side of it, I think you can look back and think about, um, how to make it, how to turn it into something that can be useful for others. You know, I was like, thinking when I was creating black box, I was like, I never want another kid to go through what I went through. That doesn't mean that's never going to happen again, but I certainly can take as many steps as possible to try to, you know, lower those numbers of bullying or lower those numbers of suicide and self-harm and things like that. So, you know, I, I just, um, my entire message will always be, um, one that gives back and attempts to, you know, change the world for the better.
1: What would you say to somebody out there who says that they still feel really alone and whatever it is that they're struggling with? Gosh, it's a hard one because, you know, I've been
0: in that place where I feel completely isolated, completely alone. And even though, you know, I have my family, I've got friends, you know, I think when you're in that space where you're feeling very alone, it's very easy to isolate yourself further. And you don't even really realize you're doing it. But I've gone through those periods of time where I've been, you know, in my room for two and three weeks, not wanting to come out, not wanting to talk to anybody. Um, and the best piece of advice that I could offer is, you know, it could be as simple as like calling a your, your grandma, you know, talking to your mom, talking to your dad, um, you know, calling a childhood friend, taking your dog for a walk, just something that's gonna give you a bit of purpose, something that's going to maybe get you outside. Um, I think that You've got to be kind of aware that when you're in that bad space, you're gonna do things that are actually self-destructive as opposed to helpful. And a lot of times you don't realize you're doing self-destructive things until you're on the other side of it. Um, so as easy as it as it is to get like swallowed into that like hole of loneliness, I think um, you know, that I would just say there are people who love you, there are people who care, there are people who wanna be there for you um and you just have to sort of have the the courage and willingness to to reach out and you know say you need help say you're feeling alone um i'm 20 years old and i still sometimes will go like crawl into my mom's room if i'm having a hard time like that's just you know it's it's what family's for and it's what you know loved ones are for
1: yeah things like depression and anxiety are uh, strange. They'll tell us, your depression will tell you, just stay in your room. You're not good company mm-hmm. anymore. You don't want to drag people down. Your anxiety will say, you can't handle it. And they try to convince you to stay all completely isolated or it will convince you that nobody cares, nobody else understands. And then the more isolated you are, the worse you feel. And it's this vicious cycle that's hard to break. So just as you say, sometimes you have to push yourself to say, I'm going to step outside. I'm going to call somebody, even though I don't feel like it right now. And trust that Taking those steps, changing your behavior might shift how you feel. Exactly. And I also
0: think that um, there are things that you can do um, when you're alone as well. Like, um, oh my gosh, perfect timing. My dog just ran into the room and is now trying to play with me. But I hang out with my dog all the time. And, you know, he makes me feel less alone whenever I'm having a hard day or anything like that. Um, I think having a pet is great. Um, I think you can also practice different forms of self-care, whether it's just, you know, getting up, taking a hot shower or a bath, um, you know, maybe doing like a meditation, which I often do. Um, there's just little things you can do. Um, even if you're not with other people that I think can sort of lift those feelings of, of loneliness and just overall put you in a better mindset.
1: That's a good point. You don't physically have to be around people. During the pandemic, a lot of us weren't around a lot of people, but there are still things we could do. Get up, get out of bed, Absolutely. get dressed, take a shower, move around, get some exercise if you can. And all of those things help. Sometimes we just want to stay on the couch and binge watch TV for <laughs> days on end. And nobody ever says, boy, you know, I spent four days in bed and now my depression is better. But depression will tell you to just stay in bed. And yeah. so it's hard to find those things or it's hard to push yourself to Uh, figure out how do I take care of myself today?
0: Yeah. It, I mean, it is really hard. And I think that, um, during the pandemic, we saw all time highs of people, you know, feeling depressed and, and things like that. But I think there was a bit of a blessing in disguise because at least I have found, you know, in my, uh, everyday life and my professional life, um, that because of the pandemic, so many people were sort of forced to sit, you know, with their thoughts. And I think that it helped a lot of people understand, um, you know, the importance of mental health, because I had friends of mine who had never really struggled with anything. They were really happy people. Um, you know, they, they didn't really struggle with anxiety, depression, anything like that. And then this sort of period of time where we were all isolated and and alone and the world, you know, a very scary place. I saw those same friends find this, you know, appreciation for people who do struggle all the time because they found themselves in the same boat. So I think that was sort of the blessing in disguise is I think the pandemic showed a lot of people who maybe don't, um, traditionally, uh, face those things that it's very real. And when it happens to you, you're like, wow, this is, this is horrible. So I think it, you know, creates just, um, more respect and understanding for people who go through it every
1: day. I think so too. I think it gave all of us more empathy for other people. In the past, it was so easy to be like, well, if you're struggling, just do X, (laughs) Y, and Z. And then we realized like, gosh, sometimes we're just, you know, mental health is this continuum. We fall anywhere on the continuum on any given day. Take something like the pandemic where a lot of our coping skills were taken away from us. Suddenly we were like, oh, wait, what am I going to do? My mental health is slipping and I don't even know what to do about it because a lot of the things I used to do, like go to the gym or hang out with my friends. I can't do anymore. So I do hope that people found new coping strategies, other things they can do, and to realize that we should take care of our mental health just like we do our physical health.
0: Yeah, I always say that mental health is almost like a, think of it as like a broken arm. Like if you had a broken arm, you're gonna go to the doctor and you're gonna get it fixed and you're gonna have to wear a cast and you're gonna have to take the proper steps to heal your arm. And that's easy for people to understand because they can see it. Mental health, on the other hand, nobody can really see what's going on with your brain. They can watch, you know, you and see externally, you know, what's going on a little bit, but it's very hard to comprehend when someone's struggling, especially when they're doing a good job at concealing it. So I like to think of, I always tell people who maybe don't have a great understanding of mental health is they have to think of it exactly like a physical injury. It takes time. You have to heal it. You have to take certain steps to make sure you don't re-enjure yourself again. It's it's a a process forever. Um, and I think that that's a really helpful way of looking at it is just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there.
1: And you bring up a good point. Sometimes we look at people, we think, no, they don't look like they're that depressed. A lot of people with mental health issues have gotten really good at masking what's going on inside. They paste on a smile. They look like they're doing OK. But you never know what somebody's battling on the inside.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I find that a lot as an artist, you know, I think people um, see me out, uh, you know, they'll see me do a show or a music video or an interview. Um, I'm always in hair and makeup. I'm always dressed up, you know. And I think um, it sort of creates a little bit of a false narrative that maybe I don't have those days where, like, I, you know, I'm having a terrible time and my mom's trying to console me and, and get me to, you know, leave the house and things like that. And I think it's really important. Um, for people who are especially in the public spotlight at all, to showcase that, um, you know, it's it's not always all that you see. You know, like I I still have many hard days. I'd say, um, you know, there've been periods in my life where even if I'm doing incredible professionally, um, I'm having more hard days than than easy ones personally. Um, and it's just all about you know getting through um, and. I always resort back to my music when I find that I'm having um, a really difficult time. And I think for anybody who's struggling, it's always good to have something you can go to as an outlet. Um, for me, it's music. For another person, it might be writing or painting or cooking. I think it's good to have a hobby that you can sort of um, channel your energy away from the negativity and put it towards something positive.
1: That's something we talk about on this show a lot. I think so many people don't have a hobby. These days, because we spend so much time on the internet or we work a lot, yeah, and people have forgotten that those simple little things like painting and cooking can really help your mental health when you have those sorts of outlets. I think so, and I also think
0: you know, just getting outside. Um, people, when I say that to people, they're like, "Oh, come on, you know, that's like that's not going to help." It really does. You know, if you go take a walk, if you live near a park or or a beach or anything like that, or just if you go and walk out on the sidewalk. Um, I think just getting outside, getting fresh air, um, you know, exposing your body to sunlight, things like that. um, I actually think it helps me quite a bit. So when I'm feeling down, I definitely try to, you know, get out of
1: the house, change my environment, um, maybe run a simple errand, whatever it is. And do you feel like you're somebody who's still battling depression and anxiety? Do you feel like you've worked through it? Do you think it's going to be an ongoing battle for you? Um, yeah, I think it'll be an
0: ongoing battle, probably for most of my life, um, and it's a battle that I'm willing to um you know fight, and it's one that I'm willing to fight for as well. Um, I don't think it ever really goes away. I think that for anyone who you know struggles with depression or anxiety or any sort of um, diagnosis of any kind, um there are gonna be days where it's easier, there's gonna be days where it's harder, there's gonna be days where it feels near impossible. And it's just about, you know, kind of going with the flow and and telling yourself that you can get through all those different periods of time. Um, And, you know, when you are having those hard periods, it's important to prepare yourself and have tools and have resources that, you know, work for you to help you sort of get through um, and get out of that hard period.
1: And what role has therapy played in your life to help you get to where you are now? I love therapy. I've been in it since I was, you know, um,
0: younger I think that it's always really helpful to talk to somebody who, you know, doesn't know you, doesn't know anything about you. Um, Because I think sometimes people feel unsafe sharing with like a family member or a sibling or a friend because it's, you know, it it feels a little personal. Um, And so for me, I think it's been really helpful to talk to somebody who has no agenda whatsoever in my life. And they can just be a listening ear and you know offer advice and things like that. But I also know that therapy can be a super expensive, you know, thing and and not everybody has the resources um, to go to therapy. And so um, organizations like Teen Line, who Black Box Project partnered with, um, offers a way for, you know, teens and kids to communicate. And there's so many online resources where people can go and talk to others. It doesn't always have to be, you know, a doctor. You can literally get on a chat room now and, and you can talk to people who are going through the same things. And I just think it's a really good place to be able to, um, you know, vent and feel like
1: you, uh, I don't know, can just express yourself freely. Yeah, there's something powerful about being able to talk to somebody who doesn't have any preconceived notions, right? Your your siblings, your parents, your childhood friends, people around you know you a certain way, and yeah. as you as you grow up, you, there, are, there are sides of you that maybe you didn't necessarily reveal. So to be able to talk to somebody who who doesn't know those things about you, and then you get to tell the story from your own your own eyes, your own version of events in life can be quite powerful. And for people who can't afford a therapist, absolutely. Sometimes just connecting with somebody else who says, yeah, I've been there. I know what you're going through can be really healing too.
0: Yeah. And even if you don't connect with
1: someone live
0: necessarily, I think there's, you know, on Black Box Project, we have these incredible videos that that Jazz Robbins did to sort of, you know, get people through different periods of, of life. And I think there's lots of resources on um, just social media or YouTube of people who will share their experiences with certain things. And I often find that it's really helpful to watch someone else talk about the same thing that you're going through because it always makes you feel less alone. Um, you know, you never know, maybe that person um, can share some coping mechanisms that will work for you. So I think it's always good to try to do, um, research on whatever it is you're going through, um, and search for those resources because a lot of them are out there and a lot of them are free.
1: Yes. So what do you do now when you have a day where you feel maybe alone or you're feeling down, what kinds of things do you do? Um, I spend a lot
0: of time with my dog. Um, I spend a lot of time with my girlfriend um, I always find a way to talk to my mom if I'm feeling down, whether or not that's, you know, in person or, um, if she's somewhere else. Um, and I always write music or I always go to that place and somewhere where I can be creative. Um, you know, I, I find that writing really helps me sort of express myself, get my feelings out. Um, I'm a person who notoriously bottles everything up inside and then just like explodes. And so, Um, you know, if I can just sit down and, and write for an hour, it's often like, I feel like I can just like, wow, release and just get it all out there, um, and sort of reset my system. Um, and then I also think it's important to highlight that some days are just not going to be great. You know, you're going to try to get up, you're going to, you know, try to go do something, try to be productive. Um, and I never want to set this idea that like, um, you know, you have to get out of bed. Sometimes you, sometimes you don't, sometimes that's okay. Sometimes you don't have the strength that day to, you know, get up and and face the world. And you want to try to have as few of those days as possible. But as someone who struggles, I definitely know that those days are very real. Um, and I think it's just about, you know, trying again the next day to do something that might be a little bit better for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. To give yourself some slack when you are having those days and to know you don't have to be happy all the time. There is pressure, I think, for a lot of people to think, well, today wasn't a good day because I wasn't happy all day long, or there's something really wrong with me because I don't feel happy. But to know that, yeah, we all have those days and that's that's okay too. How do you know? Do you have warning signs if you're headed into a slump? Maybe it's just not one bad day, but if your mental health is on the decline, are there things that tell you, okay, I really need to do something? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know,
0: we as people always have um, little signs. You know, uh, the body keeps score, the body tells you a lot of things, um, and you kind of have to make a conscious choice to see those things um, as opposed to ignoring them. Um, So I know for me, whenever I find myself um, really fatigued or very tired, that's always a sign for me that my mental health is maybe declining a bit. Um, Or if I find myself um canceling a lot of things um whether that be um you know professional obligations or personal ones i always know that if i'm you know taking things off my plate sometimes that's a sign of me trying to like self isolate um so i think you learn i think it's different with everybody everybody does something a little bit different when they feel like maybe their their mental health is declining a bit but um recognizing your own patterns um, is super important and that way you can hopefully
1: get in front of it as opposed to, you know, fall behind. And then it's much harder to sort of climb out of. It's one of the things we try to work on in therapy with people is to recognize down the road, when your mental health starts to decline, what can you do? How can you catch it before it gets to be terrible, horrible, and awful? How do you catch it in the, as it's slowly declining? And then to know, what do you do when you, when it is on the decline, what steps can you take? You might not necessarily need to come back to therapy, but maybe you can Do some self help strategies at home. You can implement some different things. You can push yourself a little harder to do something, or maybe it means taking a step back. So I like that you said that, that you recognize what your personal warning signs are, and then you know, bing, I got to take some action.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, action could be different for um, any given person. Some people's action could be, you know, laying off, taking time for themselves, resetting for someone like me. um, I start working. Um, I go right into work mode. I start creating, um, anything I could. I mean, I also love to cook. I love to write. I love to do music. Um, I love to fish. So I'll do, I'll start keeping myself super busy because for me personally, I find that like an idle mind is a dangerous place to be. Um, but some people could have the total opposite of that. And I think it's just about, you know, learning your body, learning your brain and what's going to work for you.
1: Absolutely. I have plenty of people I've worked with who will say that. I like, when I start going into work and staying there all day long and all, all evening long, then I know there's something wrong <laughs> that I'm avoiding in my life. But for other people, yeah, pushing themselves to do something is helpful. yeah, so what's what's next for you? What can we expect next from Grace? Um, well, I just wrapped up uh, recording my second album.
0: Um, I am in full blown pre-production mode right now. Um, we are shooting another twelve music videos in May um, that will sort of roll out for the duration of this year. Um, my next project is called pillbox. What's your fantasy? And you know, black box was something that was very realistic. It was like, um, you know, my sort of traumatizing teen years that I think a lot of people go through. And this next chapter sort of follows me into adulthood and all of the different challenges now that are, that I face today, that I face as a new adult in a big world, a scary world, Um, and pillbox is also a project that took on a bit of a fantasy approach because I think just given how the last, you know, two years have been, especially, um, I think that people need to feel a sense of magic, a sense of hope, you know, it doesn't always have to be so heavy, so big. I think, um, you know, uh, it's my job as an artist to, um, ultimately create something that's gonna, you know, make somebody's life better. Um, and so I'm I'm really excited about the next project. Um, it's some of my favorite music I've ever written. Um, and I think, you know, it's all come from a very honest place. And of course, um, just because of who I am, there will always be some sort of mental health component um, attached to any album that I ever put out. And uh, we've got some different topics that we're talking about on this next album.
1: Awesome. Well, we look forward to it. And in our show notes, we'll link to the Black Box Project and, and your music so that people know where to, where to find all of this cool stuff that you offer. So thank you so much, Grace. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. Welcome to The Therapist Take. This is the part of the show where I'll break down Grace's mental strength building strategies and discuss how you can apply them to your own life. Grace shared lots of good ideas. Here are three of my favorites. Number one, turn a painful experience into an opportunity to help others. A lot of people say things like, everything happens for a reason, or something good will come out of this. Well, sometimes it's possible that nothing good is going to come out of something bad, or that you'll never find a reason for what you're going through. But I like that Grace talked about how she turned her painful experiences into an opportunity to help other people. Since she's been in a really dark place herself, she understands what it's like to feel all alone. So she created her website to help other people feel less alone. I think there's always an opportunity to do just that. That's not to say that you need to become a public spokesperson for a particular issue, but you might find there are plenty of people who would feel inspired by whatever it is that you went through. Reaching over to give them a helping hand might remind you of how far you've come, while also giving other people hope that they can get through whatever it is that they're going through right now. Number two, when you're in a dark place, act contrary to how you feel. I like that Grace shared how depression tries to convince her to do things that reinforce her depression. This is something we tackle in the therapy office often. When you feel anxious, your anxiety will try to get you to avoid anything that's going to cause more anxiety. When you're feeling depressed, your depression will tell you to stay home by yourself. Sometimes the key to feeling better involves behaving contrary to how you feel. You might have to push yourself to go for a walk, call someone on the phone, or just take a shower and get dressed. But sometimes when you change your behavior first, the feelings will follow. And number three, go outside. As Grace says, don't underestimate the power of going outside. Sometimes just a change in scenery goes a long way toward improving your mental health. Go for a walk, sit on a park bench, or just spend a few minutes looking at the clouds. There's tons of research behind how getting some natural light, being in green spaces, or just moving your body can be good for your mental health. So give it a shot when you're in a rough place. It won't hurt anything to try. I'm a big fan of doing behavioral experiments. Try something and see if it works, like going outside. If it doesn't help you feel better, mix it up. Maybe go for a walk in the morning tomorrow and see what it does for your mood. If that doesn't help, try eating lunch outside to see if that helps. The point is, you won't know what's going to work until you try. And I know it's hard to push yourself to go outside when you just don't feel like it, but doing it might give you a boost in your mood and it might help you feel better. So those are three of Grace's mental strength building strategies that I highly recommend. Turn a painful experience into an opportunity to help others. When you're in a dark place, act contrary to how you feel and push yourself to spend time outside. To hear more from Grace, check out her website, gracegostad.com as in G-R-A-C-E G-A-U-S-T-A-D Dot com. You can check out her music as well as the Black Box Project. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. If you found this
0: episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com
1: slash podcasts.